This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Mystery. Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Jesse and the Jewel Thieves is what we read this week. We're yeah. just diving in, huh? Okay, let's do the recap. <laughs> no, I, even I don't. I don't want to dive in quite that deep, quite that quickly. Okay, that's just something. It sounded like you were ready to just kind of get go in raw. You're ready to raw dog this one. It was a greeting, Jesse and the Jewel Thieves to you, Tanner. Jesse and the Jewel Thieves to you, Jack. What's What's new, man? Like, tell me about yourself. We haven't caught up in a while. Living in New York. Mm-hmm. Now, um, working at a major media company now. Mm-hmm. Uh, wife is eight months pregnant. Um, actually, there's mm-hmm. a chance, Baby Nation, that by the time you're hearing this episode, I will be a papa because mm-hmm. we're doing a little bit of pre pro to a small human boy. To right? A small Sorry. Human boy. I jumped the gun. I didn't want to break the news. It is a small human boy, isn't it? It's we a think? small human boy. Yes. yes. Okay. As, good. as far as the sonograms have revealed so far. Yeah. They're agreed um, on all three of those modifiers. Oh, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah. In fact, the the first one, mm-hmm. they're uh, pretty <laughs> pretty worried because it seems like he's got a pretty big head. Okay. And it seems like he's going to be a pretty big boy. Just like his papa. Just like his papa. That's that's lovely. Um, what else? What about what about you? What are you up to? How's your boy? I got a small human boy as well. Maybe someday we can fight them. <laughs> I would like that. My one's gonna have a, a real edge in terms of mm. the years of training that I've put in. Yeah, but mine's gonna have like just kind of raw mass. That green ring scrappiness. Yeah. Good. That'll be great. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We read a book this week. We read a book mystery this week, book. a mystery book. Um, I'd like to introduce the show if that's what we're gonna if that's what we're gonna. Unless do. you want to chit chat more. Uh, no, I thought that was good. We uh, we've agreed How's Austin? that hot. Your boy has a big head, and we're gonna fight our boys. Yeah. That what what else could we possibly want to talk about other than Jesse and the Jewel Thieves? Yeah. Do we how do we do we um do we say hi hi on this one or do we say something mysterious? Hmm. I can't remember. Ahoy ahoy. Let's. It's not that mysterious. That sounds like a pirate. Okay. Avast. Hello, hello. Hark. That's pretty good. You know what they say at the beginning of Beowulf? What? We'll spell it. What? Well, it's it's like it's like an ash. Like a tree? No, the first letter. Ash Ketchum? No. <laughs> what? Way Gardena. Attend or listen, we the Spear Danes. Oh. But that's not quite right for us. What did I say before that was good? Uh, hark. Hark. That's, that's kind of gothic. Hark, ye nation of babies, and yeah. listen to our tale. <laughs> that, there we go. Okay. Hark, ye nation of babies, and listen to our tale. I am your narrator, Tanner Greenring. And I am, damn it, a mysterious... Entity Baby. named oh. Jack Shepard. Yep. Um, this I is. I am the voice in the darkness, Tanner Greenring. I am the echo in your mind, Jack Shepard. That's good. We can just do that every week. That sounds great. <laughs> It'll be easy to remember. This is a podcast called The Babysitter's Club Mystery Club. Club. Oh, I say the say second it on, club you say too. Say it with me at the end. Oh God! <laughs> on this one, hard. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we talk about the Babysitters Club mysteries by the great mystery herself, Anne Matthews Martin. Um, That's and it? Uh, yeah, it just feels it feels so empty. You know? What do you mean? It's a, it's a who else has anything before their name? Well, Ellen. We call Ellen Ellen smiles for miles on miles. Yeah, and I guess I called myself a mysterious entity. Right, and I called myself a voice in the darkness. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, the great she's a great mystery that we know nothing about her. We know literally nothing about her. What what else do you the want black to know? She's a mystery. The black box. The enigma. <laughs> the riddle master. 
and Matthews Martin. Uh, this week, we read and are going to discuss a novel called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Mm. I read it. Yeah, I read it by Smiles for Miles. Ellen Miles, Miles. with... No frowns, no downs this time. Maybe a little bit um, of, of sadness uh, with, with Jesse kind of... Well, Becca being a brat and Jesse kind of trying to maybe break things off with Quint or slow things down. No, it wasn't very no. sad this week. Also, cover art by your and my favorite Babysitter's Club art director. The enigmatic Dan Author Brown. of The Da Vinci Code, uh-huh. Dan Brown. And Angels and Demons. Yep. We're, um, Mystery Inferno. Nation. Tanner and I, in the early days uh, of knowing each other, um, it, back in 2008, we're in a. I guess it was ironic, mm, but we were apparently. we were in it. <laughs> I mean, like at some point, it doesn't. It's it doesn't matter. We were in a Dan Brown book club, and we did sincerely read every Dan Brown book to that point, and sincerely go to a bar that is now closed in Chinatown called Tropical One Six Seven. We would order like a literally a thing that's called a tower of. Uh, Blue Moon. Yeah. (laughs) And And sincerely discuss these novels. Dan Brown's inflection point. We had like a guide and everything that we downloaded from the internet. Love what you love. If you enjoy the books, that's great. More power to you. I did not. But I love his work on these novels. This week, he painted a thing that I think is is not in the book. Which maybe he's like, he's taken a page from the... Hodges Wallier playbook. Yeah, he's obviously follow. He's he obviously doesn't want to deviate too far from what Hodges does. His illustration style is very different from Hodges. Yeah, I don't like it. It's less no. detailed, <laughs> and he's bad at making people look like people. Yeah. So the picture, the the cover of this novel that Dan has drawn, it shows Jesse Dan. and Quint. You think that's too? You guys are so close. close. Okay. The cover of this novel that Mister Brown has drawn shows Jesse and Quint. That's not Jesse. You don't think that's Jesse? Absolutely not. I've seen so many I've seen Jesse on so many Babysitters Club book covers by okay. Hodges Swallow and that is not Jesse. Okay. So that is not what Jesse looks like. A girl. It's just a girl. But I think and, that is probably Quint. And Quint. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the girl he said that he was thinking about asking to the dance. Oh yeah. There it is. And so that makes sense because this is something that didn't happen in the book. They're they're hiding behind a case in a jewelry store while a jewelry man shows a necklace to a smiling lady and off in the background a loser in a trench coat. Why do you think he's a loser? Because he's, he's leaving like without a, buying any jewelry. He's like, if he's a jewel thief, he's like the most conspicuous jewel thief of all time. He's got like a trench coat and like one of those, I guess, hats that goes with a trench coat. Like a he just looks so conspicuous hat. and mysterious. And he's holding what looks to be like a briefcase or something. Yeah, and he's sneaking out. They don't uh, have criminals like these in Stony Brook. What about what the phantom phone caller, Dan? Sorry you're late to the party, but they actually do. The phantom hey. phone caller is literally a jewel thief. So Also, Dan, <laughs> how about this? Yeah. The fucking dog thief from last week, bud. Yeah, what about the dog thief from last week, Dan? That's a that's a criminal like this in Stony Brook. Yeah, stealing cr- shit. Yeah, thank you. And dogs are the jewels of our home. <laughs> uh-huh. That's my I home. Have often said. I was watching a video that you appeared in recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was watching the video recently. You did not appear in it recently. You appeared in it last summer. Okay. Where you traded pets with someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was looking in someone it was at a, the a, major it was media company. It a video company. called Dog Person and Cat Person Switch Pets or something like that. At the major the media company person. I work at, someone had reposted it mm-hmm. on a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I was given another watch again and scrolled down to the comments and there was hundreds and hundreds of comments mm-hmm. first of all everyone loved your shirt what it was oh it was a babysitter's everyone shirt. was like check out this shirt this guy's got the coolest shirt look at this cool shirt that's funny yeah but then i kept digging a little deeper and one of the most downvoted comments or one of the most the one that got the most like um angry faces yeah was this guy who was very very much like Oh, I just don't get this fucking thing with like cat people and dog people. Like, can't we all just be people? <laughs> it's so childish to say that like you're a cat person or you're a dog person. <laughs> and I wanted to respond like, "Hey, bud, this is a bad take." 
Yeah, but, no, this is not a good take. <laughs> why yeah. did she watch the video and feel compelled to comment? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why. It's a good crusade. One day we'll all be able to understand each other. But until then, Tanner. Hey, you know what, Jack? What? Yeah. Cat, dog. Someday we're all going to be... Mincemeat? Cog. Z- in the machine? <laughs> I was just trying to think of... You know how they say, like, oh, black, white, someday we're all just going to be gray. As, like, Do kind they? of, like, Do a they fun... Say that? Uh, I've heard that. Okay. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, well, but we'll someday we'll all just kind of all worship one pet. It'll be called... <laughs> Your thing doesn't sound as as comforting as I think you think it sounds. Yeah, there's not going to be we'll any boundaries between us. We'll all pet. worship Cog, <laughs> the every pet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dare to dream with that beautiful image in our mind yes. uh, of a shining future that we can all look forward to. All hail Cog, Tanner. Will you describe this novel? Oh fuck. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, good. I'm, I can see that you prepared from the way that you're furiously typing. I guess you're just just um, pulling up, up, pulling up the. Oh, I use DOS. Wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So everything is command. So you have to you have to write all lines. those command prompts. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I can't remember any of the DOS prompts. I was gonna make some DOS jokes, but even I. C dir. Uh, oh, <laughs> got a sorry. I so I saved my um, description on. A floppy disk. Can so, I tell you a DOS story? I have to go into the A drive now. I'll tell you a DOS story. Uh, sorry to everyone who has no idea what the fuck this is because they were born like 30 or fewer years ago. I, When I was a boy and I used DOS, I once typed 123 into DOS and it like pulled up this like like crazy screen with all these like columns and numbers and shit and i honestly thought that i had hacked the planet <laughs> i was in. like so into it i was like dad 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 i hacked the planet like i'm in i'm in the mainframe <laughs> and I, uh, that was just the command for numbers 123 which was like the old uh, excel <laughs> 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 literally in a spreadsheet but anyway <laughs> did you know that teens these days are i read this on in an article and then later was talking to someone about it and they're like yeah i have a teenage sister and i asked her about this and she was like no no one does this but i read something that teens these days communicate in google docs oh cool they'll like open a, a communal google doc and i'll type in it together at school that sounds so wholesome yeah <laughs> It's also uh, like a bad idea. Like you're keeping lovely. a record. That's a good like reporter on deadline has to make up a fake teen trend story. <laughs> when apparently you know? they did. They're all licking chapstick now. Yeah. <laughs> it's how they say what kind of sex they're into. <laughs> the kind of chapstick they lick. Oh man, did I tell you? Did I show you? I'm spinning now. I'm no, spinning like I a, see it. You did a show mad me man. and I ignored it earlier and I now oh, yeah, I noticed that you, that you wanted to go it. back and hit it even harder i've got a fidget spinner around here somewhere no it's okay well you know nothing to say about it there's not there are not many tricks you can do with it yeah there are lots of tricks okay like what you can pull out one of the um counterweights yeah pop it out and try to spin it missing a counterweight that's pretty fun okay well are you doing it no i don't don't want to do that i want you to describe this novel okay my dos is done loading okay good great let's hear it dos jokes dos jokes we did dos jokes wow we really are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have been at this a while yeah <laughs> <laughs> finally hit the dos jokes portion of the uh of the podcast okay let's hear it let's hear it let's get that music going let's hear your description of jesse and the jewel thieves laid up uh in her friend stacy's apartment photojournalist jesse ramsay is confined to her tiny sweltering courtyard apartment to pass the time between visits from her boyfriend, Quint, and her other friend, Stacy, <laughs> the binocular-wielding Jesse stares through the rear window of her apartment at the goings-on in the other apartments around her courtyard. As she watches, she assigns them such roles and characters as Miss Torso, a professional dancer with a healthy social life, or... Mm-hmm. Miss Lonely Hearts, a middle-aged woman who entertains non-existent gentleman callers. 
of particular interest is seemingly mild-mannered traveling salespeople, Red and Frank. Uh, sorry, traveling salesperson, Red, who is saddled with a nagging invalid friend named Frank. <laughs> One afternoon, Jesse, nope, Frank, Frank pulls down his window shade and Red incessantly bray and Red's incessant brays come to a sudden halt. Out of boredom, Jesse casually concocts a scenario in which Frank has stolen jewels with Red and disposed of the no uh, and that's it and that that's what they've done. <coughs> the trouble is Jesse's musings might just happen to be the truth. One of Alfred Hitchcock's very <laughs> best efforts um, what's the name of the book? Rear Window? Jesse and the oh. Jewel Thieves mm-hmm. is a crackling suspense film that book that also ranks with Michael Powell's Peeping Tom, 1960, as one of um, Anna Martin's... Oh, I said Alfred Hitchcock before. Anna yep. Martin's uh, books, most trenchant dissections of voyeurism. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Just, just as in Anne's uh, book, the protagonist is seemingly is a seemingly ordinary man, woman, girl, who gets herself in trouble for her secret desires. Okay. Jesse. Uh, Babysitter's Club, mystery number eight, Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Okay, I'm not sure that even the suspenseful music that I'm going to stick under there is going to fully save that description. Right. Uh, But we'll do our best. This was a particularly long Rotten Tomatoes movie synopsis. Uh-huh. And I do want to give credit where credit is due. Hat tip, Hal Erickson from Rovi. Yeah, who yeah. reviewed this novel. Reviewed this novel alongside me. Yep. Yep. Good. Classic. Um, a lot of it is true. I solved the mystery immediately. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Also, the mystery was like, this was not a mystery book. This was not a mystery. The Ellen mystery was. And Anne, what you did was you wrote a Babysitter's Club book. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Oops. <laughs> we accidentally just wrote a Babysitter's Club book. What do we do? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe put, like, honestly, four mentions of this very vague and easy to solve mystery. Yeah. And we'll just call it a mystery book. Yeah. Um, Here's what I think happened. Yeah. They wrote a Babysitter's Club book. Right. About Quint and Jesse breaking up. Right. And then they went back to... Scholastic and Scholastic's like, this is good, but we need to sell more mysteries. So let's hook them, these these rube preteen girls. Let's and hook us. them and us by inserting a vague mystery subplot into this one and calling it a mystery. And then they'll have to buy all the mysteries too because they are worried that they'll miss out on important plot details like Jesse and Quinn breaking up. It is true. It is fairly important. What about if I describe this novel, see, and then we can kind of dive into the into the heart of this thing. Okay. Pull it apart. Pull apart uh, the heart? No. Pull apart its, its heart? Pull apart the thing. We did. We have each separately dived into the heart of the thing, and now we're pulling it apart. From the inside out. Yes. Like Ant-Man. A lot like Ant-Man. Yeah. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Okay. You're the Wasp. I like that. I, I'm Ant-Man. We're pulling this thing apart. I like that. She's way better. She is. He's and like the, a bumbling goof, and she's like a competent like martial arts superstar. Yeah, that doesn't quite fit with our dynamic, but that's where we are. Um, Tanner, do you have a mysterious clock oh, shit. that you could put 60 seconds on? Gosh, you just keep reminding me of things, huh? 60 second a burger run. Excuse me? 60 <laughs> no. second burger run. Yeah. It's a, it's got to be a mysterious clock. 60 second timer? No, cuz I I I finally have sound effects for these cuz and and it's a very mysterious like, old-timey old grandfather clock. Okay. Okay, Jessie is going to New York, the big city, bright lights in the big city. She's going to stay with Stacy McGill. Um she's the reason she's going is because she wants to see Quint, her on again off again boyfriend whom she has kissed once perform at <laughs> Juilliard. Um and uh she goes to stay with Spike, Stacy and Quint and um 
while she's at Quint's house, they look through the rear window, and what they see is two guys, these guys called Red and Frank, arguing with each other about a heist. Like, ah, oh, we're gonna get the jewels, see? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck, these are jewel thieves. Right. Um, and so they spend the rest of the their trip in New York, like, following these jewel thieves around. Uh, but it turns out that they were just actors. Meanwhile, Becca got left at home, and that's the B-plot, and she's having trouble adjusting, staying at the Pike's house. Uh, but eventually Marianne persuades her that it's not that bad, and then Jesse tells Quint that she doesn't love him anymore. The end. Time up. Time up. Not time out. Time up. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, they were actors the whole time. Actors. And and it's revealed because they, like, they overhear these people a lot. Yeah. And they, like, see them all around. Like, one of them shows up at um, at Quint's recital performance. Right. They see them, like, at, um, they, like, see them in, like, Central Park. And they, like, follow them into, uh, it's kind of the shopping district. Yeah. Madison Avenue. And they and, go into a lot. They go into and comment on a number of different jewelry stores and a jewelry Russian jewelry exhibit at the, the Met. Met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, these actors are very interested in jewelry. They seem like interesting people. Yeah, they seem like very interesting people. And I, I think they're, assume must be lovers. they're lovers. Yes. Yes. Good. I'm. Gl- I'm glad. We both locked in on that. Uh, they like live know. together and they go everywhere together and like go shopping together and stuff. And they're, like, always... they're clearly lovers, but like they live such rich lives. They're like yeah. wandering around Central Park and going to the Met and like going shopping and Madison Avenue and like doing all this other stuff. And it's like, fuck, I've lived in New York like 10 years. I've never gone jewel shopping. No, I haven't even gone once. Um, Frank and Red are the true heroes of this story and in fact of all of the Babysitter's Club mysteries. Okay. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Don't you think? Yeah. Also, you know what the other thing is, Jack? Mm. I've lived in New York 10 years. Mm -hmm. I've never run into anyone more than once. (laughs) No. No, that's a very good point. I would say live in my neighborhood. I guess these people do live right across the street from Quinn. But not in like Central fucking Park. Yeah. Yeah. And then like later at Juilliard, or actually, no, it's the Lincoln Center, I think, is the performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tanner, let me ask you. By yeah, the way. sorry. Let me ask <laughs> I know you, you're not from New York, but they actually are kind of in the same group of buildings. I know where they are. So, actually, I actually have a friend who went okay. to Juilliard. He actually yeah, kind so of he I. taught there. His name is Gus. It's my friend. Yeah. Hi, Gus. He's a longtime listener. Uh, he didn't teach there. Sorry, he was like a tech. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Gus. And he's my friend. And he's my friend as well. And was my friend first. Tanner, let me ask you this question in relation to what we were just talking about, not Gus. Where did we meet? <laughs> Funny you should ask. <laughs> we were interns together at a major media company about yes. 10 years ago. Yes, because I used nepotism to get my friend Gus to become an intern at the major media company, so therefore I was friends with Gus first. We have to move on to this question. It's pretty interesting. Okay. This novel is called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Yes. Is it not? Is it not, sir? It is. I submit to you that it is called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. We can't Thieves. do court stuff. We just can't. No, do no, court no. Stuff. I know. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just speaking. Because if you get me minute. on it, if you get no. me on it, no, just, I hear that's that. a train I'm not going to be able to get off. I hear that. I hear that. So we won't. I, I, I strike it from the record. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. The book I is called. Feel it. I feel it rising in me like, <laughs> a, like a hot poker okay. trying to get out from within. Listen. Yes. The book is called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. It is. And yet, Tanner, Frank and Red are, they're many things. They're lovers. They are sophisticates. Sophisticates. They are art lovers. They are actors. They're wealthy. They are two of the brightest lights in the shining city of New York. Yeah. But they are not, Tanner, jewel thieves. No. So who is? (sighs) Maybe it's the phantom phone caller again. <laughs> it could be. Because <laughs> we okay. know we have one confirmed jewel thief. Yeah. Phantom in, phone caller. Yes. Yeah. In the baby verse. Sitter okay. Verse. Okay. So phantom phone caller. That's a good one. Here's one. Uh, here's one that I think it might be. Let me read you this passage, Tanner. Frank and Red continued to stroll for a couple of minutes. And then they stopped short at another set of windows. I looked at the name of the store. Heath and Sons. Jewelers. I said. Wow, do you think they're planning to rob Heath's? 
Quint shrugged. There's a lot of great jewelry inside, from what I've heard, he said. Mm. Now, what what kind of person would say and hear something like that? Right. Is it Quint is having a conversation? Quint is talking to his other friends at Juilliard's about the great jewelry in Heath's. What's Heath's? Is, is it called Heath's? Yeah, that sounds like something a jewel thief would say. Is right. it not? Well, I can. I think I can actually kind of back this up too. Yeah, if if I may, please. Come on, I said. I marched towards the door that Frank and Red had just entered and opened it up. Quint followed me inside. Awesome, he said, looking around. There was a kind of hush in the store, even though it was crowded. It had a certain smell, like all kinds of expensive perfumes mixed together. May I help you? asked a man, stepping from behind a counter. He gave us a funny look, as if he wondered why two kids our age would even be here. Uh Uh-uh, said Quint. He sounded nervous. He couldn't think of anything to say, and neither could I. A security guard approached us and stood next to the first man. Okay, kids, where are your parents? He asked. Uh, we better go, said Quint. Hmm. Highly suspicious. Highly suspicious, and these guys, like, saw Quint come in. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we know this guy. We know who this is. Yeah. The police, the police don't have enough evidence to, like, convict him. Right. But, like, we know Quint Walters. So one possibility for the Jewel Thieves is that it is Quint and mm-hmm. the Phantom Phone Caller. That's possible. Yes. Well, actually, this is it's one. My second one that I've written down is also Quint. Okay. Well, just because he's trying to steal Jesse's heart, which is the true jewel of this. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Do you think? Yep. It turns out that the, the, the jewels were the friendships we made along the way. Yeah. All along. The, the, the the hearts of the girls that we the met. hearts of the girls that we went that we ant manned into <laughs> and exploded yeah. out of yeah and I guess the only other one I could think of was time itself time itself which is stealing the the precious jewel that is these girls youth and innocence in oh uh, but you know what else time does they're growing up so fast you what? know what else time does forges jewels mm, that's true the heat and time and pressure mm. so. Not time. Okay. So we've got, let's recap here. We've got Phantophone Caller. Yep. Quint. Quint. And Quint? Stealing yeah. Jesse's heart. Yep. Yep. And Ant-Man. Anyone else? And Ant-Man. <laughs> so it's actually a lot of jewel thieves in this novel. Yes. Okay. All right, Ellen. I'm going to let her off the uh, let her off the hook. Tanner, would you like to do Poetry Corner? <laughs> uh-huh. Great. Well, how do we do it? We what just is that? It. It's... It's a new segment. It's called Poetry Corner. Okay. How do you introduce it? It's tricky to introduce Poetry Corner when all of the segment introductions right now are poetry. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm I'm interested to watch you thread this needle. Um. Do you celebrate or are you a mourner? I don't care because it's Poetry Corner. Okay. That was actually pretty fucking good. Thank you. Vanessa Tanner. Vanessa had some very. Good First good poem. Poems this week. First good poem. <laughs> We've been listening to Vanessa's fucking poetry for... Four years? Four years now. Mm-hmm. And it's never been good. And then she just comes out with a fucking banger. It's a really good poem. Well, it's the beginning of a really good poem, and I wish there were more in the book. It's fucking great. Shall I read it to you? Yes. Vanessa was wandering among the tulips composing an ode to spring. How fair their little faces are, the flowers of the spring, she muttered to herself, turned up to catch the sunbeams that the elves and fairies bring. She smiled vaguely when Mel told her the poem sounded nice. Nice! Nice! It sounds like a fucking, like, (laughs) Dylan Thomas Sounds like Christina Rossetti. Oh, from Rossetti Stone, the (laughs) software. No, no, because uh, she's a, such a master of language. They're like, we're gonna name it after her. Yeah, no. Well, but doesn't it sound like like a pre-Raphaelite? Oh yes, definitely. You're, you're mocking me. No. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was beautiful, and it's got the it's got elves and fairies in it. It's I mean, it, it creates a lot of questions in my mind. Yeah. Do the elves and fairies bring sunbeams? I guess. That's what Vanessa asserts. Yeah. 
the elves sh- and the fairies bring sunbeams right. to the flowers. Yeah, that's why they turn their faces. It's be- honestly beautiful. It's a fucking masterpiece. It's yeah. Vanessa's greatest work. Yeah. If she continues in that, you know what is? It? It's like Spencer. It's like the Fairy Queen. Edmund mm. Spencer. I don't know. Obviously, you, re- you haven't I don't read it? it. No. You haven't read the Fairy Queen? No, Jack. I haven't read the Fairy Queen. Read it to me now. It's it's five books. Read it to me. It's five. It's books. all a poem. Yeah. It's a five book poem. Yeah. And in my uh, English lit class in college, they said we only had to read the first two books, but I read all five anyway. Of course you did. Fucking dork. Uh, it's dork good. Dork God. <laughs> Um, this has been Poetry Corner. This has been Poetry Corner. I have a related segment, if we can, before we go on break. Or okay. should we go on break and I'll do no, it no, when no. we come back? Let's hear well, it. Let's, hear let's, it. let's tantalize Baby Nation. Okay. Right? Let's tease yeah. them a little bit. Ooh, Baby Nation. <laughs> oh, it's what's this? <laughs> what's he got? I've got a related segment. Uh-oh. But you're going to have to wait for it. Uh-oh. It's delayed. <gasps> yeah. He's hit pause. Goodbye. Mystery. (gasps) Often if I start speaking, interrupt me. Okay, there we go. Speaking (laughs) of great poets, Jack. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have a segment that I want to bring up. Okay. And it's about a great poet. Okay. And a great, a prolific author. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way we introduce the segment is we do this. Oh, Taunt, thou art sick. A very good burn that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. So I want to read my burn. Please. Uh, it makes me a little nervous because there's technically only one burn in this book. Okay. Um, but I'd like to hear yours. Becca did manage to swallow some of the chocolate pudding we had for dessert, admitted Mal. Once I coaxed her into it, she giggled a little. Now, if only I could get her to sleep. Try Charlotte's Web, I suggested. Read a chapter aloud to her. That always works, I spoke quickly. After she hung up with me, Mal returned to her bedroom. She didn't tell Becca that I'd called, since she didn't want to excite her. It was getting late. Instead, she pulled out her well-worn copy of Charlotte's Web from the shelf and began to read. Becca listened for a while, but her, her eyelids immediately began to droop before Mal was even halfway through the first chapter. Like I said, it always works. My burden is on E.B. White. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is a deep, <laughs> deep... Deeply buried burn that you found <laughs> in this. My burn is on E.B. White for novel. writing such a boring book <laughs> that it puts children to sleep. <laughs> you hear that? And e. he's e. also a very prolific poet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he writes. Charlotte's Web is so boring, and E.B. White is such a boring author that it's literally used to as a as a um, prescription for putting children to sleep. The most easily entertained human beings on the planet Earth. Wow. Take that, Elwyn Brooks. Don't take that, Elwyn Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you say when you burn E.B. White real good. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Elwyn. Did you want to call <laughs> Mrs. White, your mother, for you to come pick you up? Because your butt hurts so much from the burn I did on it? And because your, your mother works at the burn unit? Yeah, and she probably works there. Because I think like back then... Yeah. In like the whatever, like 1910s or whenever you were like really going at it. Mm-hmm. Like there were probably a lot of burn units. Yeah. Because people burn themselves all the time. <laughs> Everything was made out of fucking wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys just discovered electricity. Um, so. Yeah. Elwin is a great fucking name. Elwin? Elwin. E L W N. Sounds like an elf name. Yeah. It sounds like Eowyn. Yeah. It's beautiful. She's um, a writer of Rohan. Great burn. Nice find. I want to compliment you on your burn, Tanner, because this was a burn light book. There's one very obvious burn. There's an obvious burn, and I think that's what I'm going to read. Yeah. Um, but it looks like you dug a little deeper. You went. You found You found something that Anne hid in there, like an yeah. IED, just okay. ready to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Good fun. That's a fun avenue of humor. <laughs> yeah, sorry. War tragedies. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay, let me read. You, let me read you the, the actual burn that Ellen was like. Fine, I'll put a burn. A single burn in this book. Oh, oh, I found an. I found another burn that you missed too. Okay, well, let me read mine. Then you can read yours. Honey, come look at Jesse. She called. Mr. Walter walked into the living room with Morgan and Tyler behind him. You look lovely, he said. You look like a princess, said Morgan breathlessly. I guess I should do that a little bit more breathlessly. Like you're out of breath. (gasps) You look like a princess, Yeah, said Morgan breathlessly. I felt a little uncomfortable. Here were the Walters acting warm and friendly toward this person they thought was their son's girlfriend. And here I was ready to, well... Ready to break up with him, I guess. I blushed. You look very nice, too, I said. Morgan, I love your party shoes. She spun around on her toes. I'm a princess, too, she announced. I guess she caught her breath. Yeah, at this point she has. (laughs) Tyler snorted. Right, he said. Princess pest. (laughs) Nice. Hell yeah. (laughs) Does that mean she's princess of pests? Mm, No, because like... Princess Diana was not Princess of Dianas. Not th- well. Technically, she well, was. Well, technically, she was. Yeah. Well, but English Dianas. Yeah. Yeah. Princess. And I, I guess Canadian. So presumably, Diana was just a, a nickname, like a shortened version of her actual title, which was Princess of English and Canadian Dianas. And I, maybe Australian is that still like a Commonwealth? Princess of Commonwealth Dianas. Yeah. Princess of English and Commonwealth Dianas. Yes. And everyone else. And in England and the in England and the Commonwealth, right? Yeah, shortened to what commonly shortened like, uh, to Princess Diana. What if you were like an American or like a Swedish Diana, or like yeah, nothing? That she ain't your princess. Okay, so she's not prince. So then, it, then she's your sweet. There's a Swedish princess who's probably your princess. Okay, yeah. So Morgan don't make me explain is, the fucking monarchy. To no, you no, no, no. I know I wouldn't, and that's that's uh, it's my uh, heritage. So the Morgan is not the princess of all pests but just like the pests who she's a princess commonwealth pest. Pest. she's a pre- she is a princess pest princess pest so she just uh, she's a pest to princesses she's so good at being a pest yeah. that she has risen amongst their ranks right oh or she's like, a pest prin- to princesses or she's a pest to princesses like should princesses go to like make cookies yeah and they open up their sack of flour yeah and there's like a bunch of Morgans in there, and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Let me stop you though, because I feel like a princess would have someone make cookies for them. That's true. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't work. It just falls apart because if you think about it, a princess would have servants. Okay. Can I read you the other burn you missed? Because yeah. you're going to be so embarrassed you missed it. Mm. And this was actually a burn rich book, and you're just not a close reader, and the master has become the student. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling me at the, at one time the master. <laughs> But now you're the student, and I'm the master. And okay. the student has also become the master. Okay. So wait, hang on. You were the student. I was the student, and you were the master, but now the student Do has you... become the master, and the master has become the student. Did you really think of yourself as a student of my burns? I woke up the next morning to the sound of rustling paper. I yawned and rubbed my eyes and looked over at Stacy, who was sitting cross-legged on her bed. Morning. What are you doing? I asked. Reading the Sunday New York Times, she said. It's kind of a New York tradition to spend Sunday morning this way. Can I have the funnies, I asked. She giggled. (laughs) Sorry, no funnies. The Times is a serious paper. No funnies or horoscopes or Ann Landers. (laughs) So what do you read in there, I asked. That is a good burn. It's a burn on Ann Landers. (laughs) And Stacey, but yeah, I like that it's a burn on Ann Landers. It's a burn on Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a burn on Bloom County. Yeah. And, and also Doomsbury. like Stacy, there's like still a crossword and shit. It's not yeah. like Yeah, fuck you, Stacy. Fucking I gotta hate Stacy. And also I'm fairly certain Ann Landers was syndicated in the New York Times. <laughs> Maybe not in nineteen ninety. Possibly. Uh, that's a great burn. That's the that's a classic. So down with Ann Landers, down with Elwyn Brooks White. Down with princesses, Princess Diana. Student has become the master. Student has become the master. Um, I guess I'll read you a poem. Oh, okay. That you did? That you wrote? 
Uh, I think I did actually. Okay. They walk in beauty, night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst, or as the youth say, hashtag swoon. With hashtag vapors, I've been cursed. This is our sexiest segment. It's a segment where we talk about the boys that made us horny. Is that what it is? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> did you get, did you have one? Did you got one? Yeah, I got one, but I think it's probably the same as yours, so I don't want to like. Well, there wanna... are two. There are two parts of it. Um, okay, so... I'll do the first part. Okay, great. I took a deep breath. Quint, I said, we need to talk about us. I had this funny feeling in the pit of my stomach, and my hand suddenly got sweaty. About us? Repeated Quint. What do you mean? Uh-oh. Now I had to follow through. Well, I said, I've really had a good time with you this weekend. In fact, I have a great time with you whenever we get together. But I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if... If you want to be committed to being my girlfriend? Quint said. Yes, I said, relieved. That's it exactly. I mean, I think we're kind of young for a long-distance relationship. I've been thinking the same thing, replied Quint. But I didn't know how to talk to you about it. I never know what to do when there's a dance at school, for instance. Is it okay for me to ask another girl, or should I just not go? I thought of Curtis. I went to a dance with another boy, I confessed. And I felt guilty about it. Oh, Jesse. (laughs) Quint said. He gave me a sympathetic look. I hope we'll always be friends, too. Me, too, said Quint. (laughs) He took my hand. Jesse, could I kiss you just once more, for old time's sake? I blushed and nodded. Then Quint leaned over. (gasps) Just as I was closing my eyes, I heard a car door slam. (sighs) My eyes popped open, and over Quint's shoulder, I saw Frank and Red walking away from the cab. Ooh. You brought us right there, Ellen. You brought us right there to the brink of it, and then you yeah, pulled it away. You pulled it away from well, us. Well, here's what I'm going to do, and this is good news for you and for the mystery babies. Quint is our hashtag swoon this week. He's very handsome. He's very nice. He gives her a sympathetic look. Uh, Jesse is stepping out on Quint. She admits it early on. I will say, here's a, a, a brief criticism I have of Quint before I move on. Yeah. Uh, part of the passage that you read. I took a deep breath. Quint, I said, we need to talk about us. I had this funny feeling in the pit of my stomach. About us? Repeated Quint. What do you mean? Sorry. About us? Yeah. Repeated Quint. What do you mean? What do you fucking think she means, Quint? Yeah. What do you fucking think she means? Boys. Am I right? Yes, you are. And that's all. I just wanted to dwell on that for a little bit before I continue to compliment Quint. Uh, he's very hashtag swoon this week. He's very nice. He's very sympathetic, even though... We almost got a kiss. We got so close to got it. so close. Jesse uh, went to the dance with some guy called Curtis. Yeah. Not, he's a pill. I don't know who he he's is. A pill. I don't like him. I'm not excited about it. But we almost got a kiss. Fortunately, my hashtag swoon is the final scene with Quint. And so I'm going to take you all home <laughs> now. Let's put that, get that music, crank that music back up again, Baby Nation. Don't worry. Don't be mad. You know we weren't going to leave you hanging. Here it is. Well, our mystery has been solved, I guess, I said. Can you believe it? Maybe we'll see them on the TV sometime, he said. They sure are good actors. I believed every word they said. You chicken-hearted, lily-livered... I said, imitating Frank's growly boy. Oh, shit. You chicken-hearted, lily-livered, see? Gravelly. Not just your normal voice. You chicken-hearted, lily-livered. I said, imitating Frank's growly voice. We cracked up again. Well, I guess I better get going, I said. Want to walk me downstairs to catch a cab? I'll be honored to, my dear, said Quint in a fake English accent. He gave me a bow. But first, he said in his normal voice, there's something I meant to do before. Can I do it now? He looked into my eyes. I felt a little shiver. Quint is the first boy I ever kissed, so it seemed right for him to kiss me one last time now. 
Sure, I said. I closed my eyes and leaned toward him. The door burst open. Jesse, said Morgan, running into the room. Do you have to leave? We want you to stay, added Tyler, who had run in behind her. I looked at Quint, smiled and shrugged. He shrugged too and smiled back at me. Oh, just blue balls in us this hey, week, huh, Ann? We told you how horny we were. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I tried to get you a nice little kiss, everybody, and uh, Alan wouldn't let us do it. Um, but here we are. Alan wouldn't let us do it. Jack. Yeah. Does Ed McGill work in a salt mine? Mm. <laughs> um. I thought he was a high-powered. No, I don't. A high-powered something. They never really said. They never really say in these books Mm. what he does. Yeah, but he says in this book. Okay, kiddo," said Mister McGill to Stacy. "I'm off to the salt mines. Have fun babysitting. We'll have dinner together. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cut and dry, right? Yeah. He works in a salt mine. Overseer. Right? Does it say that he's he's I'm off into the salt mines? No, he just said I'm off to the salt mines. Right, so he's probably an overseer. Here's what I thought. He probably yeah. works on a salt mine. Yeah. And then I thought, that doesn't make much sense. He lives okay. in New York City. Right. Where is there a salt mine near New York City? It's a major Jersey. metropolitan area. Jersey. Why wouldn't he just live in Jersey then? Yeah, that seems... If you, if you work in a salt mine in New Jersey, it seems dumb to go get an expensive apartment in Manhattan. I can't imagine it pays very well. Okay, yeah. Then I thought, oh, it's probably a term of art or like a, co- a code word or a euphemism. Okay, interesting. Meth. Meth. Fact. I think okay. he's a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, so Ed McGill is breaking bad. Yeah. I think that's almost certainly the case. That's, that's why, he's why he has so enough money to afford living in Manhattan. Like it's literally the only park. way. It's the only way, Mystery Babies. And if you're not from New York, you wouldn't know this. But if you want to live in Manhattan, like above, like any of the single digit number streets, yeah, you have to or sell below any meth. of the numbered right. streets below two hundred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, you got to. You got to sell drugs. It's you gotta sell drugs, way. and yeah. I think one cool way to refer to selling meth is yeah. by saying you're working salt in mines. salt mines. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stacy was worried that he was going to spend the whole weekend doing it, but he only took a couple of extra hours. Uh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. loves his he loves his baby Boonsy. Boonsy. Right. Boonsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boonsy says something that I have to admit that I liked a lot this week. Yeah, that's Stacy's nickname that she's embarrassed about. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I don't really want to begin to unpack what the the meaning behind Boonsy is. Boonsy. Boonsy. Here's something Stacy says that I'm loath to admit I actually secretly loved. Stacy was fine in this novel. Well, she's a little bit difficult about the fucking New York Times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everywhere I looked, there was something to see, and I wanted to see it all. But I knew that if I looked in one direction, I'd miss something in the other. Stacy nudged me. We're passing bloomies, she said. Okay. Bloomies is what she calls Bloomingdale's. You think that's cool? Very cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess you can use it. You're free to use it. I can use it. You can Next say it to I'm Jamie. Driving by with Jamie, I'll be like, we're passing Bloomies. Okay. Good. That's great. That's you don't like things. it? I think it's it's fine. It didn't I'm not I'm not as down on Stacey as you are. That's fun. I, that is fun. I that is fun. Okay, I'll like it. I, I'll I'll allow it. They also try to go to that store, the same store that Anne got her name from, the Screaming Mirror. Oh yeah, mythology. Mythology, but, but it's, it's been replaced. Down, it's cl- it's been replaced. It's so uh, in a previous podcast we did, uh, Anne used to put her epithets in there, and one of her main epithets was the Screaming Mirror. And they bring it up here in a sly nod to our podcast. I was trying to remember the name of that awesome store we went to last time. You know, the one where Claudia bought that mirror that screams when you look into it. Mythology, said Stacy. But guess what? Bad news. It closed a while ago. We should go to Think Big, though. You'd like that store. It has gigantic versions of everything. That's it. Do you think that Ellen Miles has ever been in stores? <laughs> I don't think she's ever been in stores or she's in like, New York City. Anne's, she's like, just like, Anne's like, one note for you, Ellen. I trust you. But uh, you close Mythology and just replace it with some other store. Right. And Ellen's like, what's in stores? What's in stores? Uh, uh, this one just has... um. It's the one the, where... Big things. Everything's giant. Everything's just big. It's like normal stuff, but everything's big. It's called Think Big. 
No, Ellen. <laughs> Did you ever watch Doug? Uh, it's a cartoon. No. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a cartoon with a guy called Doug. I haven't yeah. seen it. Everyone was into it. Everyone was, was into it. It was very yeah. good. And he had this favorite band called the, the Beats. And one time he started a band and he did a music video for a song called Think Big. And it was really good. And it was like a talking heads kind of thing. And B.B. Rogers or whatever her name was, B.B. something, was like trying to hone in on his song. And she was like, think big, think big, think big. And he was like, one little voice is calling me, calling. And he was like this Michael Jackson black and white thing. And this like talking heads big suit thing. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. It's very good. This store is an unsustainable business model. There's no way it would have survived. <laughs> it's 2019 now. Well, I live in New York, and I've never seen a store called Think you would Big. Have two, you would have two big problems. First of all, everything that you got into the store would be would be like larger and harder to get. Too, yeah. And too then big. second of all, everybody who came into the store would be like, this looks nice, but it's just too big. Too big. Like, this spoon is too big to eat with. Yeah. Oh, Don Hertzfeld. Excuse me? My, My spoon, is, spoon too big. is too big. You're full of like fun references that you don't even know you're referencing tonight. No. Is it another Nickelodeon show? No, it was like a series of online um, uh, short form cartoons in the early 2000s. Great. Uh, My anus is bleeding. Do you remember that? Yeah, I did. vaguely. Yeah. Um, uh, here's the other problem. Okay. How are you supposed to get that home? Yeah, you can't. It's too fucking big. Too big. It's too big. Don't think big. Think small. Think medium. Think regular sized. Think normal. That's right. a store. Now that's a store, Ellen. Think What if we had things sized. that were normal sized? Yeah. I would shop there. Yeah. Actually, you'd probably be too big. Uh, yeah, I am pretty big. Yeah. Just like your boy, Tanner, the other fucking name for a location that Ellen comes up with this week is the restaurant that... Ed takes the girls to the sign of the dove. <laughs> yeah. Um, you sure it's not a real restaurant? Because he also does mention the Hard Rock Cafe. Well, I looked it up. The sign of the dove, as far as I can tell, is the prearranged sign by which John the Baptist was to recognize the coming of the Messiah. Okay. Reference in Matthew 3.16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. It's not a restaurant in New York. Ellen is telling us that the promised one has finally arrived. Right. So we've got hidden jewel thieves. We've got a hidden Messiah. NewYorkTimes.com. Archives, 1999, restaurants, semicolon, a reincarnated dove, comma, smaller but genuine, by William Grimes, November 24th, 1999. Some old restaurants fade away, others disappear in a flash. Sign of the dove, for years, it was one of Manhattan's most beloved dining spots, left in a cloud of dust last year, pulverized by a wrecking ball to make way for a high rise. The hole it left in the landscape was more than physical. Okay, well, so it's not biblical, but now we have a new mystery. Who pulverized the sign of the dove with a wrecking ball? I'm reading more about it. Um, it looked good. Oh no, they had f- they had not just one foie gras dish, but two. Um, let me ask you, Tanner, before we leave. Oh no, I'm nowhere near done leaving. I'm not. I'm nowhere near ready to leave. Okay, well, you've got we've got 15 got... total minutes. Well, I've got so many more segments to hit, Jack. Okay. Which one do you want me to prioritize? Okay, I know. Let me just look. Okay, I know which one I want to do. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't know how to introduce this one, and I don't want to come up with a gothic poem to introduce it. Oh, so when you do it, you don't have to? Yeah. It's called Cool School. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I... Okay, here's what, we, here's, here's what I think we can do, is we can fold it into the segment that I was going to do, the new segment. Okay. It's called Hard-Hitting Questions. Okay. Um... And we can say, uh, uh, whether you're clear or completely unwitting, these questions are going to be fairly hard hitting. You gotta, you gotta go to rhyme scheme, huh? Yeah, like, and yeah. that's you just did it again. Yeah, it's pentameter. pentameter. Um, uh, but you can ask questions about whether this is cool. Those are most of my questions, or whether this is cool. Okay. So why don't you? I. So, so it's, and now is Ellen, this a segment for Cool School? 
Uh, it's called Hard Hitting Questions. And but you could like was is Ed McGill working salt mine? Oh yeah, that would is that, that part of hard hitting questions? Yeah, it should have been. Um, I'm I really lo- mostly concerned with what's cool and what's not, though. Okay, all right, let's do one that we'll call cool school. Okay, and is here's this how. Cool? And here's the here's the the rhyme. Okay. Um, Once upon a time, I wondered, like a fool, why we have to rhyme. But here we are. The school is cool. Fucking nightmare. And will you do the whole thing with that nineties drug PSA? Where it's like, I just try to get you high. It's like, I don't don't want to get high, fool. No. I wanna burn boys like you on the basketball court. No. No, that's too complicated. <laughs> we used to use that PSA for our segment called Motion to Dismiss. Oh, fuck, you're right. Okay. So here we are. It's Cool School. So Cool School is a segment where we talk about what's cool and what isn't cool. We, you might say that we ask hard-hitting questions about whether something is cool or not. Tanner, what would you like to ask me? Is this cool? Yeah. That was a wonderful lunch. Thanks, Dad. Chime Stacy. Thanks a lot, added Quint. Stacy's father had signaled for the check, and the waiter had brought it in a leather folder. Mr. McGill counted out bills and tucked them inside. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I wasn't sure you'd think harp music and little sandwiches were cool, but I guess if you wanted cool, you'd have chosen the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm, okay, no. That's not cool? No. Sometimes they have things from, like, they'll have, like, um... Buckethead's guitar. Not. It's been a, you, you can eat right by it. Yeah. You're in a booth and you're eating potato skins and right next to you on the wall behind plexiglass is Buckethead's guitar. You or cool. Here's something cool that I thought of. That it guy was... from Good Charlotte, Benji, here's like a shirt he wore on tour. Think about this. You go to the Hard Rock Cafe in New York. Yeah. But you and all your friends, you're not wearing Hard Rock Cafe New York t-shirts. You're wearing like Hard Rock Cafe Paris t-shirts. Whoa. Yeah. To show how cultured you are. Yeah, but I'm not. You know what I'm wearing? What? No fear. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Because you know I'm not I'm afraid wearing? to be different. You know what I'm wearing? What? Planet Hollywood. Oh! Which is like Hard Rock Cafe, but for movies. Oh, man. Um, and I take off my no fear shirt and underneath it is a shirt that has, it's like about surfboards, but it's like a penis joke. <laughs> oh, Big Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Like Big Johnson Surf Academy. Yeah. Like yeah. swells up to six okay. feet. Yeah. That's good. Too blue. That one <laughs> no. got a little bit too blue for you. No, You're I like, like that uh, one. okay. No, that's uh, great. You're making me nervous. You nailed it. The Big Johnson I remember is too blue to say on this podcast, so I won't. Say it. I won't. <laughs> say it. It's a t-shirt that children wore, Jack. How blue can it be? Okay, well, you have to bleep it. Okay. It's Big Johnson's casinos, <laughs> up front, in the rear. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Everything is bad. No, no, no. No, no. This is cool. So we, we took something that Ellen thought was cool and, we, and wasn't. Oh, let's go to the Hard Rock Cafe, and we made it cool with this cool cast of characters wearing yeah. kind of edgy shirts that aren't just like conforming Hard Rock yeah. Cafe shirts. Mine is a guy; it's like a stick figure, and he's yeah. doing like a cool dance, and he's wearing like a Rasta hat, mm-hmm. and it says underneath it "fucking grooving." <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. one says "peace frogs." <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good, and it's like an important message. Yeah, you know. <laughs> These really frogs is. are here for peace. Yeah, if more people had fucking worn peace frogs and t- and taken that message to heart, we wouldn't yeah. be in the mess that we're in today. Yeah, but I said I wasn't going to talk politics on the podcast, but it's here a- I am. We wouldn't that, that we paved wouldn't be paradise put up a parking mess. lot. Am I yeah. right? Yeah, flock of doves. Right, seagulls. No, the restaurant um, that commander and cheeto tore down and put a <laughs> fucking casino up on top of there we go loose loose slots right am i right liquor in the front you okay that's enough <laughs> um let me ask you is this cool then when you're ready to leave quint can put you in a cab back here if you call me first i'll be waiting outside for you oh there's a cab 
Stacy threw her arm up, and a cab veered out of the stream of traffic and stopped beside us. I was impressed. Stacy is so cool, she's chilly. That's what my friends and I call anything that's mega cool. Hailing a cab. Cool? Not cool? Or mega cool? Not cool. We all have fucking Lyft now and Uber. Like, who hails a cab? Yeah, okay. It's hard to do in New York. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta know that the light's on, Mm, you hail it. You look like a fucking idiot if it's not. That's the secret. That's a secret that no one knows. The light has to be on. The light has to be on. And not going to Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And not going to the airport. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let me ask you if this is cool. Yes. So how's Becca doing? I asked. Much better, said Mel. She and Marianne came back by around eight last night, and Becca had ice cream with everyone else. Right now, she's eating pancakes. Her appetite is back, I guess, I said. Definitely. Want to talk to her? Mal put Becca on the phone. Hi, Jesse, said Becca. I'm having pancakes with ketchup on them. Byron oh, told yeah. me it's good, and he was right. Is that cool? It is cool. Yeah. I liked it, and I think it's a fun idea, and I like... I'm a bit of a foodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like to kind of... I'm like an adventurous eater, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is interesting to me and something that I would like to try. Yeah. Um, and it's vegan. Yeah. Oh, no, there's eggs and pancakes. Well, no, you can make them without. Oh, okay. So you could try this. Bisquick. Oh, Bisquick. Vegan. Baby Nation. Yeah. Uh, Jack's. Vegan tips from Jack. Vegan culinary tips of the week. Yeah. Bisquick is vegan. Is that cool? Yes. Can you do that? Can that be recurring? Jack's culinary tips of the week? Yeah, vegan Fuck culinary yes. tips of the week. Put some nutritional yeast on it. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be what you say every week. I know that's your go-to. But is your raw seitan too bland? <laughs> Put some nutritional yeast on it. There's a new restaurant in our neighborhood on. Yeah. Oh fuck! Bleep that. Yep. Called, and it's mm-hmm. so fucking good. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm so excited. It's just Amer- it's like vegan junk food. I will move back to New York for that. Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Yes. Well, is there anything else you want to ask me if it's cool or not? I'm pretty sure there's a new faction, the dragons. There was a strike against the patriarchy. Don't list segments um, if you want to. If you want to talk, Jack about is one, so horny I'll, right now. This one says, "I'll let you." If you want to talk about one, Jesse of these was things. talking about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a. Um, Does she talk negative. about philosophy? Yep. No, don't and, list your notes. There's something you'd like to address with me. I'll give you a couple of minutes to raise it. I I vote for the philosophy one. Okay. I stood there looking at the scene for a moment. I get shivers whenever I see Lincoln Center, because dance and music seem so alive there. I mean, it's like the center of the universe for dancers and musicians. You know, I'm not always positive I want to be a ballerina when I grow up, but when I look at the Lincoln Center, I feel there's nothing else I'd rather be. Uh, Just to see all the people flocking to the theaters and concert halls, eager to listen and watch makes being a ballerina seem very important. I mean, people need beauty in their lives, and ballet can certainly provide that. Wow, I'm getting philosophical here, and a little off track. I just wanted to give you an idea of how exciting it is to be at the Lincoln Center. Beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That is all. Who said that? Keats. Teets? Keats! (laughs) His name is Teets? Keats, Keats! So I thought when Jesse was getting philosophical, I wrote, my note that I captured was Jack is definitely horny about this because she's getting philosophical. And I know how horny you get about that. I do, and I did, and thank you for bringing it up. There's dragons in this book. Teats, huh? No, it's Keats. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keats. People can be named whatever they want. Okay, good. That's nice of you to say. Uh, what about if we leave? Yep. Mystery babies. I would like to thank you for having born with us this week. Tanner, I would like to thank you especially for having born with me this week. If you're a born, I'm a born. What? It's from the notebook. Okay, it's not. Please take a moment, if you haven't yet, to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast and subscribe. We have done now five or six, maybe more, 10 Little Sister Big Episodes and they get better with every week. So what are you waiting for? You've got tons that you can listen to, and it's a great way to support us for just $5 a month. And 
please subscribe to this show in iTunes and Wait. rate and review it as well mm-hmm. while you're at it. Yep. And please buy our merch, bit.ly slash BSCC merch. This week, Mystery Babies, we read a novel that was called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves, and the real thief is time, who has taken so much from us already. Yep, and Ant-Man, <laughs> and the Wasp. And Quint. And Quint. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Christy and the Haunted Mansion. That sounds too scary. Man, I hope that one's a mystery. Yeah. Unlike Ellen. this one. Yeah. Ellen. Is, yeah, Ellen. <laughs> The mystery is that it, into it wasn't actually week. haunted. Yeah. Ellen. No, but it does sound too scary, and maybe we'll skip it. Okay, I'm fine with that. Don't you think? Too scary? It sounds too scary. We'll skip it. You make the call. I mean, we could skim it or have our wives read it and tell us if it's too scary. I'll probably have one of my boys read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe you, maybe your boy will be born by that point. You can see if it oh, scares him. Yeah. Yeah. I would love him reading before he leaves the hospital. Babysitter's Club books? Yeah. Just anything. I just want him at, a, a, let's say, let's not get too crazy. Let's say like a first grade reading level. Yeah, okay. Maybe a little By sister. the time he leaves the hospital. Yeah. Well. I think I can get him there. With that big head of his, I'm sure yeah. it won't be a problem. Full of brains. There we go. Next week, we're going to be reading a little novel called Christie and the Haunted Mansion. I Goodbye. have been Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks... You would think that boys had just been. That can't be the outro for this one. Who knows? I can't remember. (laughs) We probably have one. Sorry, (laughs) Baby Nation. (laughs) Good night. Mystery. We told you how horny we were, (laughs) and now you're just not letting us... No, Tanner... You had you had the whole passage to think of how you were gonna. No, I swear to God, if you don't cut that out, <laughs> can I just bleep it? No, you want me to cut it out? Yeah. Okay. How much of it? All of it? The blue ball stuff too? You can ju- just about leave that. Yeah, and, but you don't want me to do the stuff. No, I don't want. And you don't. don't you, it's okay. It's not okay just to bleep it ever on this podcast. No. Okay. Even bleeped. Even bleeped. Okay. Yeah. All right. Probably going <laughs> to leave it in. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.